Good morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Network. The following show is just horrifying. Beware. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Do you want to die, Sydney? It's your turn to scream, asshole. From the streets of Woodsboro. Back to the streets of Woodsboro. We are Halloweenies! Ho, ho, ho. Happy Halloween, or should I say, happy holidays, trick-or-treaters, dreamers, campers, and suspects. It's your boy, DJ Dreidel, a.k.a. Michael Mistletoe, <laughs> Ken be deadly, Rothman. And I'm about three drinks in at our delightfully delirious office Christmas party here at the Woodsboro Police Station, where we've set up shop as our Halloweenies headquarters. Not gonna lie. Things are a little wild and loose right now. We're a month away from Scream, a.k.a. Five Cream, as we're wont to call it. And us Halloweenies are ready to egg some nog, rip open some gifts with the fury of a Haddonfield mob, and maybe, just maybe, sing some carols with a cadence-like demon of Friday Five. Hold the enchiladas, please. So pardon our dust and maybe even our rust as we wax nostalgic on 2021. Hand out a few recommendations for each other and answer your many, many Christmas questions. This ain't no silent night. This ain't no deadly night either. It's just pure holiday fun like the good old days. Back when we all used to work in offices and look forward to leaving them. Anyway, joining me on the floor today are two fellow Halloweenies. You know him for howling, but today he's hollering, where's my wolfman at? This is Wolfman Mac, and I'm in Chicago. Oh, how about that? <laughs> the, the, the old 312, uh, just down the street That's from right. me. Mac. That is right. Do you have any uh, memorable Christmas office parties from the past? You know, I really cracking <laughs> my brain. No, I actually, so at my job, we've had some, this is years ago, when, you know, well, well before COVID. <laughs> Yeah. When uh, Christmas parties were running rampant here in Chicago, there was one Christmas party where, that we had at the like the, the yacht club on the lake. Oh man, that sounds like Caddyshack or something. One of my old, bo- <laughs> yeah, one of my old bosses, I guess, had some you know pole, got there, and I went with a friend of mine, and it was extremely. It was nice, but it was kind of awkward. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was one of the last. It was one of the last gas Christmas parties where you know spouses came along. So mm. it was like the one time you see everybody else's like significant other for for one day a year, and you really get it, some insight into to people. In, but, into their um, people, yeah. Know, but but you know, I mean, I like the people I work with for the most part. So you know, <laughs> it's, it's fun. Uh, you know, I've, I've no no uh, no no ill will there. But that that's honestly. The last time I remember really doing something of note. I yeah. mean, we've had Christmas things in the past, but Christmas parties outside of that, I, I mean, office Christmas parties, they, that, that's all I could think of, wow. to be honest. We do, we do do smaller, like, white elephant-esque things. Yeah. Obviously not the last couple of years, but we, we've done that, and that's fun. That's fun, because we, yeah. we get some really... 
people get really serious about that. So they really do. I mean, that's I mean, that's partly why I feel like in the the office, NBC's The Office, I should be specific. Oh, yeah. They have a you know a big white elephant episode. You know, it's a that's right, really that's pulls right. at the the heartstrings because of Jim. Well, <laughs> look, if we're gonna have an office Christmas party, there is no better Halloweeny to have here than uh, the man of the hour with uh, the much needed seasonal spirits, um, Mr. Vanderbilt. I know. I, I know you have some Polaroids from past holiday, holiday uh, well, parties. <laughs> let me talk about this for a minute. So as you can see, I'm having a delicious uh, holiday martini, which uh, if you watch Nip Tuck, a holiday martini is the same, except it's got more vodka in it. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I did watch Nip Tuck. I watched all the oh, way up until <laughs> when they moved to L.A., and I, I watched one season of that, and I was like, this is good, but uh, I, miss, I miss Miami. Um, the last season in L.A., or the first season in L.A. is good and then it kind of falls apart after that but i stuck with it and i yeah. think nip tuck is a, is due for a resurgence i don't think more people i think more people should be uh talking about that maybe yeah. we'll uh talk about it on a scream episode because i think there's certain uh there's a slasher element to it yeah, yeah absolutely there is and the way it intersects with a lot of the themes that are in scream um but i spent most of my life working retail in the service industry so i've certainly had some memorable holidays yeah, and uh, some of my best holiday parties were just uh, potlucks at Chili's when I spent time there, or uh, the bosses at Rock Island always take us out for uh, steak dinner in January to to celebrate the end of the year, beginning of the year. But I did spend time in an office when I was an accountant. I was one year as an accountant uh, downtown, which I loved. I loved working downtown. And uh, I liked drinking in bars afterwards probably more, which is probably why my days as accountant didn't uh, really work out. <laughs> but we had one good, we had a holiday, I was there for one holiday party, and we went to Little Goat. Oh, that makes upstairs. sense. Yeah, yeah, we went on the upstairs, had a real nice dinner, and uh, for as much as I kind of talk about how I really didn't enjoy the culture of the company I worked at, I really did get along with everybody, and everybody liked me, but they liked partying with me. I don't think they necessarily liked working with me, but yeah. they loved they loved they loved to drink with old Mike Vanderbilt. So we had a good time there. But then I absconded to the double door with the two IT guys who were in the punk scene and got rip roaring drunk there. And as you know, I live on the south side of Chicago, so. It would have been a trek home, so I had to. I just had to call an old flame of mine. Christina, if you're listening, thank you. <laughs> and uh, went over to her place. She still has my bull of a watch. And I, uh, I left her place sometime around 9 in the morning and had breakfast at the, the Billy Goat by the, by the uh, <laughs> what do I say, by the, um, by the Rock Island Line, by not Union Station. Why am I... Uh, uh, I'm completely merchandise mark. Know this? No, no, no. I that, uh, I was I did work in merchandise mark for a minute. No, um, further in the loop, down by where Cal's was, and uh, someone will tell me. Someone will correct me, but I remember that was like one of the first times I can honestly remember like ordering a screwdriver for breakfast Oof. because it was the only thing that was going to save me. Yeah. and then <laughs> and then went out on the Santa Claus pub crawl that night. Holy shit! Yeah, it was a, it was fun. It was a good time. Well, if there's anyone that can hold their liquor, it's certainly Mike Vanderbilt. I have uh, my own share of stories and just seeing him um, just gracefully manage to slide into places in and out without <laughs> knocking anything over. And I just was like, how the hell does he do this? This guy is an enigma. Years of practice. It's unreal. But I would say there's an art to an office Christmas party. I think that you can't try too hard. I feel like 
I, I, you know, I've worked in a lot of offices. I used to work in, uh, at DePaul here in Chicago, DePaul University. And some of my favorite moments, uh, working there, which of many, cause I loved, I just loved working there great people. But I always loved the, uh, the office Christmas party because it was just strung together last minute. And they basically were like, Hey, if you could bring any snacks, bring some snacks. And usually it's that one day right before the holidays, whenever the break happens, especially in academia, because, you know, obviously college is closed. Like, did you have the party at the office? Yes. That's what I'm curious, because I've yeah. never had one of those, really, except for, like, Chili's. Yeah. It, if you it, consider it, it, that an office. Well, no, that, to- that totally counts. Yeah, I just mean any, any, work, any workplace, because I think that there is something really special about it, because, like what Mac was saying, you know, you do get to know and meet and learn things about people that you work with and everyone kind of lets their guard down. And there is a something special. There's something special about this time of the year, right before the holidays where, you know, it's without sounding like an action movie, but all bets are off, you know, like it just kind of feels a little bit like there's an ego that's dropped. Everyone's just kind of in a good mood. The you know? ego drop, you say, it's like, it's a time to kind of forget all your past indiscretions you've had with people. Like if you fought with people throughout the year and uh, exactly. liquor certainly helps lubricate those situations where you yeah. look forward to January 1st as a fresh start and uh, January 3rd when you start doing the same old bullshit again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like you have a 48 hour grace period. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just always love this time of the year. And so when I, when we were thinking about this episode, I was like, God, I, I work at home. I don't get to see anyone other than my girlfriend and, uh, and you know, all my toys, <laughs> what a um, horror. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, but they're, they're, you, you, we joke, but it's, uh, it's, no, I you know, you. It, there you, is you miss the I, camaraderie. You yeah, know? yeah. Yeah. I totally do. I totally do. Well, it's like having a girlfriend is great and everything, but it's like some of like, I, I've always almost probably <laughs> for better or worse valued like work relationships, like that friendship thing. Yeah. And I think maybe we're all that same way. That's why I always like movies about old guys, we're best friends like once upon a time in Hollywood. Totally. Yeah. 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 It's something age old about it and time. Or Mad Men. Mad Men was all just about the work. Oh, yeah. And one of the best episodes is a Christmas holiday party. <laughs> actually, yeah. I love, I think every year they did a Christmas episode and some are the best. Actually, one of my favorite lines is when Roger Sterling proclaims that he loves Christmas and Joan corrects him that he loves Christmas parties. Yes. And that's my mantra. Yeah, I like it. That's a fair mantra. You would be Roger uh, in Mad Men for yeah, sure. Yeah, because nobody's so, sure uh, what he does. I always like the line, nobody's really sure what he does around here. No, no. What, what a role model. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, he could be Papa Stark also. He came That's out right. all right. That's Raj, right. Raj came I, out I all do, right. I do like him as an actor. <laughs> yeah, love him. Well, let's talk about the year, you know, because I feel like it's been a good one. I think it's been a good one for us. I think it's uh, it's been a, a good one for horror, you know, Um whether you watched new ones that were out there, if you could, and you didn't, you know, you actually left your house or you stayed home, whatever, or if you caught some old ones uh, through our Randy's Rec section or whether you, you know, searched through Tubi. I want to ask all you uh, were there some horror gems, old horror gems that you finally got around to see this year? Mac, you know, you had your marathon in October. So, what were some old horror gems that you got to finally catch in 2021? I did. I usually reserve October to watch a lot of stuff I've never seen. I saw Carnival of Souls. Great. It's so good. Which I thought was absolutely excellent. Eh? Finally saw Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. So uh, much fun. Which That's a good that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. That is really fun. And you know, obviously she's having a big moment again and I, I gotta say there are parts of that movie I remember seeing as a child where I realized I was then, now an adult. 
<laughs> and so finally re- realizing it by seeing the film uh, was fun. I got to see the original Fly, which mm. I thought was excellent. You hadn't seen it before? Uh, I had never seen it. I oh, mean, I'd seen the end. You know, like, I think it was like in the pre-roll, and we've talked about this before, that Universal Monster uh, show, uh, the, the special effects show yes. at Universal. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like in the pre-roll for while you're waiting in line or something, but they show that ending. But So I kind of had an idea of the ending, but I had not seen the bulk of the movie, which I thought was really good. Yeah. And then the only other couple ones that I saw that I wanted to leave the best for last was a subspecies. Mm. Hell yeah. With my yeah. boy Radu. I was going to say. Did you like a... the subspecies movies? <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> I really, I love, let me put it, I love Anders Hove as Radu. He can oh do no God. wrong. Uh, I would, I cannot wait for the new uh, subspecies film that's coming out uh, soon. And and Anders Hove will once again reprise his role as uh, Radu Wadislaw. I hope they don't, I hope they don't do what they did with Puppet Master and just make them all racist. Yeah, that gets a little wild. No, no, that. no. Yeah. This one, I believe, is is kind of like a dark, uh, you know, like a like a origin story of sorts. It's going to go way back to how you know the the beginnings of Redu all the way up to where what he's up to now. Mm. <laughs> I kind of wanted to start like <laughs> I wish some the real film estate. would start in the future. You know, like start in like three thousand six hundred. Little big he's man. The last man. He's the last like being on the planet. The planet's just like almost nothing. Like the the world is ending. Like the last planet in the universe, and he's reminiscing on his days. Uh, you know, you would probably get that sequel in like 1997 or 1998. Like I feel like in the 90s they were so more willing to jump ahead and take those giant leaps to like make an ambitious like futuristic sequel like felt there's a trend there for a while and then like nowadays even though we have all this technology now they don't do that anymore it's just like "Eh, we're gonna keep it ground we're gonna go back we're gonna go back now as opposed to you know going to space like leprechaun did or (laughs) i mean i remember when phantasm 5 before that ravager finally came out like there was all these storyboards and everything it being like this like super futurist it was so cool and like it didn't happen obviously and it changed into something as what it is which i actually don't mind ravager too much ravager is cool as like it's a collection of reels obviously it's it's a weird collection of short films that they turned into something and phantasm fans just are they're rabid about it and it's cool to see. Uh, just cool to see the old gang back together again. It is, yeah. I gotta yeah. say, I, that's the only one I haven't seen yet. I've still yet to see Ravager. I, I, I think I got to throw it on the list for next October. It's on. I really like that one. Just Shutter, I, mean, I think. Yeah, for, I think it, it is. did what it could do with what it had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and that's it. Kind of goes back to the beginning um, because that's exactly what they did with the original Phantasm. And then, I mean, one of my qualms with some of the sequels is just you know there's it's it doesn't have that sort of stick in you know the scotch tape aesthetic that the first one had that seemed a little charming where you could see like they mm. built it in the backyard i don't know love phantasm yeah. mike what are some old hor- mike frozen on our end i'm sure he'll be back yeah i'm back all right okay you're back okay he all went right. off to the office supply closet to go do I some did. blow or something. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Mike, let's fit, let's let's hear from you. Uh, what other what uh, old horror gems did you dust off this year for the first I, time? I had a I, I had a couple. I had a good year for this. I'm not home to watch Sven Gulli, mm. so I started making it a point to finding out what was playing that week 
on the show on Saturday and watching it because it was good. You know, you guys, we look at that streaming service and it's like, well, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen that. And then you don't watch anything at all because you go to bed. Mm -hmm. I said, this will keep me on point. And one I discovered was How to Make a Monster, which is a really cool meta movie from 1958 uh, about a makeup artist who, as the times change, he learns he's going to get fired and then uses his makeup skills to exact revenge on the studio heads. And it was produced by Herman Cohen, who I learned about, who kickstarted the teenage monster craze of the 50s. He did, uh, he produced, and I believe wrote and even directed some of these uh, teenage, we're, I was a teenage werewolf with, all right, everybody will get ready to take a shot, Michael Landon, mm. uh, from the co-star of Highway to Heaven. Yep, that's right. And uh, I was uh, also on a mission this year to go through all the Crown International Pictures releases is one of my favorite low-budget studios, and I didn't make it through because there's a lot. But I, uh, one I really liked was Terror from 1978, which is a British Suspiria ripoff that we actually programmed Ooh. at the Music Box of Horrors alongside Suspiria. And then uh, we were t- speaking of Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. One I watched a couple weeks before she made her triumphant return to Shudder was City of the Dead, which she screened, which yeah. is a real gem. If nobody watched that special, it's got everything I like. It's short. It's got scantily clad women and lots and lots of fog. And the climax is gangbusters for a film of that era. It really has some cool special effects and some weight to it. And you guys will appreciate this straight jacket, mm. which we all saw at the music box of horrors together. Oh yeah. 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 I dug it. And tying that into uh, the Sven Gulli thing, when I really I watched it, it's hard to find online. But if you Halloween listeners, if you're uh, if you're onto my Plex, you can find it. I saw what you did, another William Castle joint. That's a lot of fun. It's about a couple girls making crank phone calls that uh, they get in over their heads. Ooh, I want to check this one out. Oh, yeah, that one's really good. Know. It's a it's a lot of fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, make a double good double feature with Gary Sherman's Lisa. And the last one I want to mention is also on my Plex, also hard to track down, is Tattoo from 1980. It's got Bruce Dern and Maude Adams. And I've heard about this uh, one. Yeah. Is the theme song to that Van Halen's Tattoo? I wish it should have <laughs> been. Tattoo. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it should have been. Dragon magic. <laughs> and it's a terrific piece of like what do I want to say? That that late 70s, early 80s, New York trash, Love real it. sleazy, real mean, intersects with Maniac. And uh, Bruce Dern, of course, is terrific in it. I highly recommend everybody tracking that one. Man, now. Bruce Dern. It's horror adjacent. It's, I mean, it's more, I don't want to, you know. It's like more thriller. <laughs> yeah, it's thriller. It's, but it's, it's cool and it's creepy. I love that era, though, and I love that era of New York. Oh, you would, Mike, you would love it the most, and it's yeah. uh, shot and directed by an old ad guy. So it's the, when they shoot the stuff in New York, it's visually impressive. Oh, nice! No, I want to, I want to check out this weekend. I'm uh, looking for some some new racks, which is perfect for this episode, I guess. But I, I don't know. I, I mean, I was all over the place this year. I, I caught, I finally caught Rituals, which I really loved. The original one, the '78 one. Yeah, it's the deliverance exploitation yeah, from Canada. It's good. It was really good. I mean, it's I, I'm very a huge. Good. I love Hal nice. Holbrook. So watching him in anything is just. I, I mean, I just love him. Really dug uh, Class of '84 when it was uh, when it sh- was shown on Joe Bob. That was one of the first in a while where I just was glued to the screen. Didn't watch my. Didn't even like play on my phone or anything. I was just like really into the movie. Just. Great ending of that one too, if you haven't seen it. But 
really what was awesome was for October, uh, my girlfriend and I, Sandy, we uh, programmed Monstober. So it was, uh, and I thought it was our best marathon yet. Like we caught up on all the universal horror monster movies and then we got to catch a lot of the, the hammer horror. And it was just so much fun. It was a total joy because, you know, it was a great escape getting away from all the current discourse. Like these movies are, you know, <laughs> fucking some of them are 100 years old almost. Uh, and you know like, what I love the most? <laughs> one of the things I love the most about Universal Horror is that they always have a gowns by credit. And we need to bring back the gowns by credit in modern horror. We need more ballroom gowns. We do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that petition. Change.org. I also want like a good title, you know, like a good title sequence. You don't really see that as much anymore. You know, like a good just. Yeah. Like, no, you're right. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be animated, although I enjoy that. But where the uh, the title card is as memorable as the movie itself, like Black Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Friday the 13th. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's shift over. Let's shift over. We've talked about what's old. Let's talk about stuff that we saw that was new. What are some new horror movies you enjoyed this year? Let's uh, start with you, Mike. You know what? I... You know, everybody knows I don't watch anything. I don't like to watch anything made after 1996, 97. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but I know, I know, I know, I know. And I try to, I do, I am better about it in December because I do get screener copies from being parts of various critics groups and also a lot of junk from Netflix that I'm never going to use. Yeah, I don't know if true. you guys have got, I don't know if you got true. any of that, Mike. I will oh say the harder they come, uh, Flask, that'll probably get some use. Yeah. So, Make Thank all you. flasks. Keep making flasks. That, that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, because uh, this game is murder had a flask. That is true. There, as yeah. well as well as the, uh, the the single red shoe. Thank you. Oh yeah. Well, and too bad you the... won't get another. One. The we won't have. <laughs> you only have one shoe, so you can't wear wear them. <laughs> I can't. Well, they're I'm an eleven in women's. To be fair, that is true. Yeah. And um, but new. I I dug malignant. I mean, it's. It was three stars for me because I didn't like when it turns into an action movie in the police station. Yeah. But that's just James Wan. That's his style. But everything leading up to it is compelling and it's fun. And the twist, I could see if you weren't like, you know, if you weren't a fan of the Manitou or Basket Case, not seeing that coming. And it's pretty mm-hmm. wild. And it features a Brian Ferry tune on the soundtrack, which will always give it an extra half star for me. I also really liked Last Night in Soho, despite mm-hmm. having some uh, some mm-hmm. quibbles with the story, which we'll probably end up talking about on our Black Christmas episode, because it kind of intersects with that. Hmm. It was cool to go to a movie on a date that was an adult thriller. Oh, like, where else would you place that? Like, yeah. it wasn't something dumb, like, or I'm sorry, yeah. stupid with two O's, like Halloween Kills. <laughs> it was a thriller aimed towards adults, even if it, you know, doesn't necessarily stick the landing. I agree. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. I, I'm I'm very interested in this movie. Super stylish. It's good. It's super yeah. stylish. Should have spent more time in the 60s, though. Mm-hmm. I agree. Because oh, everything yeah. was better in the past, which is why I don't watch any movies made after 1996. <laughs> yeah. We got Midnight in Paris over here. I know. Well, uh, <laughs> Mac, what about you? What, what were some new ones that uh, that got under your skin? Well, I I, I don't want to talk about it too much, uh, but I we I I, I want to echo Malignant. Nice. <laughs> The only re- and I put that front and center because you know when I enjoy a James Wan film, that's saying something. So yeah, uh, I, I yeah, it's just a silly silly movie. I think the the creature uh, work on that is pretty pretty great. Very memorable creature. 
you know, some of it doesn't quite land, but uh, I thought it was, you know, it was pretty fun. It, it, it didn't take itself too seriously. And I think that that's that he needs to lean into that a little bit more as he moves forward in his career. Oh, yeah. He's, you know, uh, like he's not doing good. Yeah, taking so. advice from these three ding-dongs, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I think he's doing fine. Uh, I also saw, and I, Mike, I think this might be on your list, The Vigil. Yes, it, and, is. Uh, it is. I think that uh, I won't talk about that too much um, if you're going to go into that, but I, I think it walks that line real well that it's very hard to walk when you're dealing with something that's referencing a, a, a real atrocity, uh, like an actual atrocity out there without making it, without like undercutting it and, and making it, you know, it, it, it being it too exploitive. Yeah. Very, yeah. Yes. It's very difficult to do that. And I think that they do it pretty successfully in that flick. It's patient, it's quiet, it's creepy. And that's all I can ask for. The other movie that I saw that was more current, it didn't, I don't think it came out this year. I think it came out the year before, but I finally watched it. It was Blood Red Sky mm. on Netflix. Okay. Oh, and, uh, the, the, yeah, I heard about this one. Have you seen one. that? So, no, yeah, so, but they were kind of raving about it on the Howard Stern show, actually. You know, I didn't hear a lot of brilliant things about it when it came out, but I thought, yeah, you know, I'll just I'll check it out. It sounded like mm-hmm. a cool premise, but the premise is essentially there's a woman with her child that is taking an overnight flight to uh, across the sea. And it's a night flight, obviously, and she's a vampire. <laughs> and but these t- these people hijack the plane. So over the course of the, you know, the, she she starts to kind of vamp out and you know, uh, take care of these terrorists and whatnot. So it's it's, it's a very very weird plot, but uh, it I, I thought it was pretty entertaining. Yeah, really crazy good ending. I thought so. Love a good ending. Uh, if you haven't seen that, I think it's worth a watch. Nice. Uh, quick, quick aside. When it comes to an end, do you guys prefer a slow fade to black or a smash cut to black? Mm, I don't know. It depends on just where the landing is, you know, or like how the landing is for me. You know, like if it's yeah. a smash cut could work really well, but it really depends on what that left hook is going to be, you know. But I do more often than not, I think I like the fade. Yeah, I like I think I like the smash cut. I'm a smash cut guy for sure. You know, I think it's it's smash cut title card. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Like like and, I, I it, and a pop and some landing, sort of pop tune. I yeah, think. if they stick the landing, that always like cements it for me. It's like, yep, that was that movie. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's like a, a it's way, like an exclamation way. point. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's good that you brought that up, Mike. Not three ellipses. Because the thing that I I or would say ellipsis. the the vigil certainly ends in a in a fade. And that's yeah, that works though. That really and it works, works really well because its best scare is in that moment. And yeah, I, I really love the vigil. That's I mean, Mac pretty much summed it up for that. I mean, it's 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 fucking great. Go watch it. I think it's on Hulu right now. I I really dug Seance. Not a lot of folks loved it out there. Simon Barrett wrote it. I love the concept of it. It's a really cool story. I mean, I my recommendations are kind of you know most people don't agree with them, <laughs> but. <laughs> So I don't even know why I make them sometimes, especially with my friends. But I, 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 lo- I really like Seance a lot. Um, it had, you know, I don't know why people online or the horror Twitter didn't like it, but I thought it was stylish, I thought it was tight, and I thought that that it earned its uh, its premise, which kind of mixes a little supernatural with a murder mystery, which was I thought was neat. And then out of all the event horror movies this year, I, I mean, I'm on an island with not liking Malignant, but I really, really am. I think I'm kind of also on an island for liking the new paranormal activity movie. I thought it was really sharp. Oh. And I thought that, uh, you know, anyone who's still kind of 
scoffing and rolling their eyes at some of the stuff that happens with found footage movies, like you got to move on because the, the, the medium and the form is just, we're, we're 30, 40 years into this now. Like, yeah, is it weird that there's drone shots in Paranormal Activity? Yeah, but they also show her flying a drone, so it works. But I don't know. <laughs> the last 30 minutes of that are really fucking solid. And, you know, for a sequel this deep in, for a sequel that didn't really need to happen, for a spinoff sequel, that was pretty inventive. But I, you know, I'd mentioned the scariest part of the vigil. And I want to know what was this year's greatest scare for you. Mac, what is something that keeps sticking with you? I really tried to think about this pretty hard. I got to say, now does it have to be, is it, is it something I just saw this year? Yeah, yeah. I'll or, tell you it, right it, now, something that, that has stuck with me. Mm-hmm. What? There is a scene in Terrifier. I don't know if you guys have seen this film. No, wait a minute. Is that the foreign film or is that the film from Milwaukee? I think it's the film from Milwaukee. I think it's the film from Milwaukee. Okay. I think it's 2016. There's Terrified there and scene... there's Terrifier, and I always conflate the two of them. Yeah. It's not Terrified. So, it's Terrifier, right? No, it's Terrifier. It's the yeah. one with the clown. Yeah. And I, it's a scene I can't unsee. And I, I, all I'll say is it's, it, it's sister scene. And I don't think this is uh, doing it an injustice or anything. The sister scene, some bone tomahawk. So, mm. <laughs> oh yeah. If you know what I'm talking about, I do know what you're talking that, about. <laughs> take that to a new level. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just, oh, just, it's like when you eat chicken wings, right? Um, it was hard. You know, honestly, it's not. <laughs> I've watched a lot of horror. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I, I watch a lot of horror, but. Some things I just you, I found it hard to watch, and they don't they don't really show a lot of it. But it was just like, ugh, like yeah. I knew I knew it was happening. Yeah. <laughs> I just couldn't. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a good one, uh, Mike. What about you? Um, you know, I'm halfway through this martini, so let me bring the party down. I was a little scared during January and February. There were some dour. Dour nights in the bar industry. Yeah. yeah, you know, like I don't think I was ever truly scared that we were going to be. Know, if we were going to close down or have to lock up shop or anything like that, but there were some dour moods. But you know, but honestly, the biggest scare I had was being suspended from Twitter last September. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. spent I've spent my well a good chunk of my life trying to hit thirty thousand followers, and I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought I was, gonna, and I refused. I wasn't going to start fresh. If Twitter didn't reinstate my account, shout out to my lawyer friend Jade who got it got me back on. I would been done. With that app, and maybe happier. I don't know. No, I I'm think gonna, you'd be... I'm going to go with happier. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is Mike likes Twitter because he doesn't he doesn't follow anyone that gives us a fucking headache. Like, uh, oh no, I follow time. him. I just have him muted or blocked. <laughs> yeah, See, yeah, that's, that's the way it. To go, you know, you don't need to invite that kind of nonsense. I, I, yeah. I try not to take anything too personally on Twitter. I think that's the way to go. Smart. Go through life in general. Don't take it too personally, yeah. and don't go. You know, don't take anything too personally, and fuck them if they can't take a joke. Smart, yeah. You know, it's like Paul Anka says on The, the Simpsons. Halloween's motto. <laughs> Just don't look. Just don't look. Yeah, I, I don't have anything real life for me, although I'm sure... Actually, there are many moments this year that were pretty terrifying that I don't really have to go into. One of the things that really just... Actually, I kind of like... I looked like Joaquin Phoenix in The Signs when he sees the birthday party. <laughs> was It's not a great movie, but The Deep House which was that underwater haunted house movie. There is a moment oh, in there yeah. that involves like two ghouls underwater and they linger in a way that 
feels like a video game, uh, like when you're playing like a Resident Evil or Silent Hill. And I, I, I remember like just turning to Sam and just be like, oh my God, like, like this has to stop. Like I have to like oh, wow. cut, to the, cut to the next scene. And uh, again, not a great film, but it's an inventive film, but there's some great scares. Yeah. And um, interesting. also I got to shout out my boys, the ghoul boys, my ghoul <laughs> boys from uh, BuzzFeed Unsolved, Ryan Bergera and uh, Shane Madej. Uh, they, they just finished BuzzFeed Unsolved. They're actually going to have a new show called The Ghost Files, but their series finale at the Sally House in Atchison, Kansas is so eerie and uh, some really great moments actually because they go to the real uh, Conjuring House this last season too and uh, some really creepy moments uh, like doors opening and some things that you know you can't really explain Um, so you know if you want proof that ghosts do exist, uh, go watch that. Um, <laughs> Shane would just be killing me right we now. Had, we didn't. No one mentioned uh, the, the the new Conjuring movie. The the devil's oh. daddy does it. <laughs> the devil's uh, daddy does it. <laughs> Sugar daddy does it. Um, yeah, no, that movie um, bored me. Daddy's uh, home. God, talk Let's about just say it's such a the boring Conjuring's movie. Worn out its welcome, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I think James Wan. I would love to see Malignant 2. Yeah, uh, no, no thanks. I'd rather um, see Conjuring 4 than that. Yeah. Malignant 3, uh, uh, you know, the the resurgence. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Do you think that if, if he made sequels to Malignant, it would be better or worse than Subspecies? <laughs> if he made sequels to Malignant? Yeah, if you had if, like if, five if he, Malignant... If he made sequels to Malignant and leaned into the nuttiness, I, I would it would absolutely surpass... A subspecies, but no way does the creature from *Malignant* mm. surpass Radu. Ooh, count, that's ma- count Radu. <laughs> that's Thursday, Thursday, right? Give us a little Radu. Yeah, mm, I'll answer. I'll answer a question. Okay, right, right. at some point, you have to do it. I need text. You guys, you know it's been nicer lately, and in Wisconsin, you never quite know when winter is going to be in. But it's been nice for like four days in a row, and I'm like, if sunnier days are coming, it's time to fuel up. And so I'm going back to my factor meals that no prep, no mess. I want to hit my weight goals before it's time to hit that beach. You've got options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Keto. Factor has these fresh, never frozen meals, dietitian approved guys. And here's the big thing for me, keeping out of the kitchen as much as possible, two minutes and these meals are ready. So it doesn't matter how busy you are, you've always got time. So treat yourself. They have 35 different meals to pick from, 60 add-ons to choose every week. You're always going to have new stuff to try. Have it whenever you want. It's effortless, guys. So if you'd like to try it yourself, head to factormeals.com slash badmovies50 and use code badmovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code badmovies50 at factormeals.com slash badmovies50 to get 50% off of your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Answer this next one then. What was your favorite episode of this year? And you can include our Patreon episodes too. It's a good plug, Mac. Or should I say Radu? <laughs> uh, my favorite episode of this year was... Nightbreed, mm. which I believe was a Patreon. I believe that was <coughs> January or February. And the episode I regret not being on is Scream Two. Oh, so you were you were missing out on Scream Two? Okay, okay. 
All right. Well, it sounded like you were going to say something as Mac or, or continuous, <laughs> rather. I was just going to say, <laughs> genuinely, I was on a lot of the episodes this year, so I was really looking at that. I thought, oh, there's only a handful. Um, but I would have loved to be on Scream 2 because I love Scream 2, and Scream, I didn't Scream. get to talk about it. So I, I talked about it to myself. Uh, while I listened to the episode, oh, I, 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 I pretended in the, in, the, in the dead air moments that weren't there. I tried. I thought I put in my two cents. Yeah, on the train. Hopefully, where you know you're coming home, people are like, "What is he doing?" Mike, favorite episode and one you regret missing. So I tell you what, my favorite episode is probably tied. I really love doing that first scream episode, and we've talked about this mm. on Twitter and in the group text. I don't know if anybody knows this, but I was ridiculously hungover. During that episode, I believe it was the morning after they showed uh, Class in 1984. No, um, it was The Big Lebowski, I think, wasn't it? Because I remember we were supposed... I-, I was there that night before um, at the Riff, <laughs> and you said, no, we're not allowed to party tonight because we No, were, that's a different one. That was a different one. That was a different one. No, because uh, I remember there was one point in the episode, and if anybody can... Uh, if any listeners can go back, re-listen to that episode, and find out where I disappeared to go violently throw up. Oh, God. <laughs> And nobody knows I'm gone. You would never be able to. Like, I'm just saying, if you can figure it out, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll I'll send you like a couple bucks or something to your Venmo. You <laughs> a just, couple you just, bucks. For- <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You, you, you tell me how much you think I owe you for that one. But okay. that was a fun episode. But I think the one I look back most fondly on was the house on Sorority Row. Mm. That was a lot oh, of fun. Yeah, that was, that was fun. I, I like that era of filmmaking, obviously. Yeah. And I really like whenever on an episode I get to go deep into music stuff like extra deep and hopefully and four to five doctors made my spotify wrapped this year as a result of it because i i had their i already had their albums from a couple years back but i kind of rediscovered them and really began to appreciate them and to that point the episode i regret not being an honest scream for because i was on all the Friday the 13th episode, so I felt like I was missing out on that one, and even considered like recording like a Patreon bonus where it's just me talking about the soundtrack in yeah. that one. Because I could have talked about the sounds for a minute. Yeah, I love the sounds. Yeah, but How were they described on the episode, every band on there? The Afternoon uh, at afternoon. a Festival? Yeah, yeah. Pretty I, accurate. I, Pretty I accurate. Actually, someone actually reached out to, to me after the episode dropped and was like, man, I wish you or Vanderbilt were on. Because everyone really liked the movie, and I know that you guys didn't, you're not like really hot on Scream 4. And I was like, I'm not. So we have to wait for the ranking one because we got some. I feel like you, me and you were the only ones out of the, the core Halloweenies that don't really, we're not too hot on Scream 4. No, but, I'm not. Uh, and, and, and surprisingly, uh, I really like Scream 3 the more I think about it. I do too. Yeah, that's my, you know, <laughs> spoiler alert for the ranking episode. No, I got to say, you know, Scream 3 uh, went up a, uh, a couple notches on the belt. Yeah. I was surprised. It's it's not you know it's Parker Posey for me that really does a couple it matches on Bing Crosby's belt. <laughs> yeah, so he sits oh, back geez. and sings some songs. Um, uh, my father, my father laid a belt on me from uh, time to time. Uh, Lord Bing Crosby. <laughs> I for me, my favorite episode this year. I, I'm really proud of the Manhunter episode. I I, I like went yeah. all in on that. I, oh, I listened yeah. to like. I listen to like commentaries. I rewatch the director's cut. I watch like I mean, I watch every different part of that with documentaries. Read up on stuff. Like I went all in, and I do really think just like any of our episodes, and especially stuff like you know our Howling episode. I do think that's like a definitive episode on on the, on Manhunter. Like I mean, you have four people that are absolutely in love with Michael Mann movies. In addition to that story, and I don't know. I walked away with that. I remember like literally going to. 
Jewel and getting a cig- like a, a pack of cigarettes so I, <laughs> just so I could have one cigarette. And I threw out the pack afterwards because I just felt like I needed it. It was almost like Paul you Sheldon. You threw $40 and, out the fucking window? I know. It's like they're like 15 bucks or 20 There they are, like $20 or whatever. But anyway, I really love that one. I don't, In terms of regretting missing, I don't – I mean, four is probably the one I miss because – I I don't know. I, I don't have too many regrets because like, I feel like um, I got to be on the Scream entries I wanted. I love Scream 2, and I really had a lot to say about Scream 3. And, and in hindsight, I didn't really want to go too deep on Scream 4, even though I have a lot of thoughts on it. So I'm, I'm, I'm nice that we're saving it for the, you know, yeah. the ranking episode. We could probably, I forget about the ranking episodes sometime, you know. And just yeah, throw it on can. there. That Basic Instinct episode was great because how often do we get to really tackle big Hollywood stuff? I know, yeah. That, that's true. That You know, I, I will say that was close on my list because that I was wasn't on up. that one. And, and it's fun when we get to kind of do those outliers. Yeah. I wouldn't even, you know, like that, that, that's a stretch <laughs> a little bit for Halloweenies. <laughs> Absolutely. Like if they hadn't mentioned that movie and in, 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 in Scream, uh, what was it, Scream 3, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if we would have ever touched it, but I, I kind of like when, when we get those randoms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a great episode. I think Megan Navarro is our guest on that one. And yeah, I think we went to some really cool places with that. And I, I had fun revisiting the movie. Great score. Great score. Well, look. What is an office Christmas party without a game of white elephant? So <laughs> we're going to do this. <laughs> As we discussed prior to the episode, each one of us were tagged with a Halloweeny to send a blind recommendation over email. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to go around Robin and you, each one of us are going to click the email that we send each other to see what the recommendation was. And look, the idea was that we kind of hopefully stump one another with something we haven't seen, something that's going to really kind of get us going and we'll talk about it uh, on our next Tricks and Treats episode. But uh, let's start with you, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, uh, you picked one. F- yeah, yeah. I, I, I sent you one, so right. open let's that up. Let's go into there. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Michael Rothman would like me to watch Brain Scan, yes. which is a movie that falls into my pre-1997 category. Yep. And one that I've never seen, surprisingly. Nice! Oh, I was so worried. And I was worried. Thing, the only things I know, the I, I'm a big fan of Frank Langella for his Dracula, as well as Skeletor, who I always yeah. say may be the greatest on-screen villain of all time. It may mm. He may surpass oh. Darth Vader because it's a real fucking performance. And I appreciate everything he gives. And uh, I know that there's a Please to Meet Me poster hanging up in Edward Furlong's bedroom in that Mm -hmm. movie. But yes, have never seen that one. And uh, looking forward to watching it. Great score by George S. Clinton. Not George Clinton. So, Is it a different George Clinton? It's a George S. Clinton. So it's not the the Parliament Funkadelic. No, no. I remember when Mm. I was younger and bought the album for it because I really liked the soundtrack a lot. And... uh, and thinking like, I think oh, the only wow. reason I ever, yeah, I, was about to say, I think the only reason I ever avoided this is because it felt like Trickster is his name. Yes, yes, yeah. It was just trying so hard because this is post Freddy's Dead, where it it's is. Like every studio was trying to create the new Freddy Krueger. Yeah, but I have a lot more love for the '90s now than I did when I was living during it because uh, it really might have been a better time. I don't know. It, but a little bit. Looking yeah, forward no. to this one. Yeah, and you'll, it's this, I would just call it the Sega CD era because that's what, it, and it'll make sense when you watch it. I swear to God. Oh, do they play Night Trap? Yeah, it, it, honestly, it was funny because I was thinking, like, Troll, what if I t- how could you let that happen? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Eddie. Um, I love Night Trap. Gosh. All right. Well, then let's go to Mac. 
Okay, let's see. This I've is got... Vander Vanderbilt sent you this one, right? This is from Vanderbilt stumping me here. All right, drum roll. Was this Price is Right? I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's Price. Yeah, it could be a real fortune. I'm under. It's Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, 1973. Oh, I've not seen it. Awesome. Well, two stumps. The reason I chose this one for you is because you seem like such a fan of subspecies. So I know not only do you like vampires, but you know devious little creatures. And don't yes, be afraid of the dark yes. is filled with them, and it's a made-for-TV classic from '73 that I don't believe is streaming, but you have access to it on my Plex. Nice. Oh, nice. I will definitely check it out. This one terrified legions of Gen Xers while they were children. You're gonna love it. Oh, nice. I love I love a good creature. Yeah, that's a great song too. Uh, don't be afraid of the dark. It's uh, I don't remember who sings it. It's uh, one of my friends used to listen to it all the time in high school. I think it's like a Hoover oh, Phonic it says, guy. Written here, uh, Mike Rothman. Yeah. Oh, Robert Cray. Oh no, Robert it was Cray, the blues artist. It's it's Tim something. I can't remember who it was. It was Tim something. But uh, God, it was so so. It was a great song. Great song. Anyway, Tim O'Dell. Tim, I wish, yeah. No, maybe no. It wasn't Tim O'Dell. No, <laughs> I, I got to look for it. It's going to drive me nuts. But I guess it's my turn. So I'm going to open All up. Right, this is from go. Mac. This is from Mac. Oh wow, you went really great lengths in making sure you hide this. Oh my fucking god, Hellraiser Debtor. I have not watched this Hellraiser Debtor. No, I have not. Let me see if I haven't. I want to see this. It's 2005s. I feel like we've got, we've got Carrie Wurr. We've got cults. Oh, I love got, Carrie Wurr. We've got essentially a, a movie about cults, and then they said, let's make it a Hellraiser film, and let's throw Pinhead in there. <laughs> so he's just wedged in into this movie? So oh, he's, anything past say, four, is, that's shell, what they do with him. It is the them. shell of a... Of a you, Mike, you, you, you're just you're like banging your head as you watch it. Like, well, I can't why would you do this to this nice. man, Mac? Why nice. would you do this to because this man? Because the reason... There's, there's, a, there's a method to my madness, I think... Because nobody is ex- as excited as me at the idea of doing a Hellraiser season, and I feel like if you watch Hellraiser Debtor, be like, "There's something here." You'll already be one. You'll be one and done with 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 some of the worst Hellraiser films, and you'll realize that even though it's one of the worst ones, there's <laughs> a lot to talk about. <laughs> this is it's, it's one crazy. Of the worst ones and still one of the best. <laughs> it's it's wild to think that this is because I have seen Inferno and I have seen Hellseeker, so this is this is perfect. Then oh. I, I do need oh, to go in order. And you got to continue. You got to continue. Know? You know, I think Hellworld is is a, is a a baby step up from Detter, but mm. you got Lance Henriksen in that one, so you at least you have Lance. It's true. And this is only 89 minutes, so I appreciate it. So There, there you go. There you go. Well, that was fun. I, uh, we'll see what, what our thoughts <laughs> well, are on was, all of these. It's going to be fun for you, I guess. I know. It won't be. It won't be too much, but look, we'll find out what our <laughs> thoughts are and what all of our thoughts were uh, on the next Tricks or Treats episode, which I imagine will drop sometime, maybe in the new year. Maybe we'll do one in January. Maybe you'll have more questions that are going to be about the whole 2022. That'll be a nice kickoff. Well, that's not all we're going to be unwrapping right now because we got some gifts. Uh, and when I say gifts, I mean a little tricks and treats. So, Mac, why don't you read the first question, which actually I guess we could kind of tie with two of them. We got John Klimzak and Shane McCartney. They both ask kind of the same question that we can kind of maybe keep in one, you know, one realm. So do, you, do you want me to write, read them both? Yeah, read them both and we can the kind first, of kick okay. them around. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So the first, the first one is aside from the original Black Christmas, what are some of your favorite Yuletide-themed 
horror films. Yeah. So that was John Klimzak. And then what and did Shane Sh- McCartney? Oh, Paul? Uh, Rocket Man. Rocket. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, you will. Uh, I think uh, he writes, I think my love of Christmas stems from an unhealthy obsession of Beverly D'Angelo and Christmas <laughs> Vacation from a young age. He's not alone. I'm sure I wasn't alone, though. <laughs> Thoughts? Laugh out loud. What do you think are the best post-2000 Christmas horror movies? I'm a fan of Rare Exports and Krampus. Some recommendations would be a great Christmas treat. Oh, and then says, keep up the great content and Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you very much, Shane. Thank you very much. Appreciate Uh, it, Shane. And John. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to start with uh, with the the Yuletide themed horror films? Yeah, are? yeah. Like maybe they, maybe they don't have to be like the caveat for the next question would be like post two thousand because they're both like he both they're both asking like what are some crazy favorite horror movie or Christmas horror movies? So like, well, I'm maybe already like, out on the post two thousands question. I'm telling that's you that's true. Way. I got some. You know, though. I, I got although some. I have you a couple did, comments. You I did can okay. I, I, yeah, I have a couple, but they're <laughs> they're a real stretch. Okay. <laughs> you, so. If, Go first. <laughs> for, for, the, for, the, for the Yuletide-themed horror films, I just realized, I just saw this recently, and I realized it's also absolutely a Christmas film. And although it's more science fiction than horror, I'm going to say Trancers. Mm. Classic. Uh, Love it. Absolutely takes place during Christmas. There's a sequence uh, where, where, where it really you know, lands that, and I, I, I think it's a great, great fun flick. A uh, full moon feature. It's out there on Tubi. Terrific performance uh, from Tim Thomerson. Like I think an Tim underrated, Thomerson. an underrated uh, icon in in genre film uh, history. Mm. W- w- would love to see Tim Thomerson and Radu and, and Anders Hove team up. Big super team. Jack Jack Death. That is his name in Transfers. Yes, Jack it is. Death and, uh, <laughs> And and Radu team up to fight it's crime. Un, it's unfortunate it didn't happen when they went back in four and five. Like he should have crossed paths with Radu. Yes, you know I just watched four recently, and uh, it's it's basically Army of Darkness in Trancers realm, uh, which is it's pretty fun. But uh, yeah, because I, I kept getting Trancers and subspecies mixed up, Mac, when you were talking about them. I, I, I was getting the two mixed well, up they, for sure. Sadly, they're not one and the same because yeah. I, I actually enjoy the Trancers films a little more than. Uh, not a little more, a lot more than, than some species, <laughs> yep. but I do love uh, me some Radu. What other Utah movies? I guess I was trying to think outside of the box, but you know, there's some obvious ones, right? Yeah, I mean, I have an obvious one. I mean, I love Gremlins. I like, I fucking yeah, love. That, that like, was second on my list. Mike, it's right it's there. it's just a perfect Christmas movie, you know. I mean, the aesthetic alone, even beyond Gizmo being cute, keeps me coming back to that one. Here's here's my big asshole one for all the Die Hard is a Christmas movie jagoffs. Uh, also sci-fi. I come in peace. Featuring hmm. Dolph Lundgren and Ooh, Brian right. Ben Ben, there are yeah. Christmas trees visible in quite a few shots. So when somebody <laughs> wants to stump you with that meme pinion, that very original meme pinion that they came up with, that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, bring up I Come in Peace. That one's for all you loyal listeners. Did out Shane there. Black have anything to do with that? Uh, it seems like <laughs> you would think. I, I you, it t- has I mean, that I, vibe though. Indeed, right? it does have that vibe. I watched it uh, for no, my no, my Neo November. Uh, and I'd seen it as a kid. Uh, I love how it's called on Hulu. It's called Dark Angel. Which That's is the original the title, which is which such is a so funny because stupid title. The, the oh. film starts. The film rolls, and it says, "I come in peace." Well, you know, it even changes the title. Dark a- doesn't Dark Angel make it even more of a Christmas movie? 
Uh, it does. Yeah, it does, actually. Yeah. It, does. it also makes it more of a James Cameron TV show uh, that would appear in the early aughts with uh, a, 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 a Jessica Alba or Elijah Dish. I think Jessica Alba. Alba. Yeah. Jessica Alba. Uh, yeah. Any post 2000, though, Mac? Okay. This is a stretch. Phantom Thread. <laughs> that works. No, no, I could see that. That that could be worse. It's a I horror movie. It, there is, isn't there? I mean, I mean, they're pretty. Uh, he's pretty awful in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> what I, are you talking about? Being. He's just a man. As a human who, he's being. a creative individual who just needs to be. Like, what are you talking about? Now, awful I, person. Now, now let me say, Mike. Hold on. I love. I love Phantom Thread. This is. This is not necessarily a joke. I actually really <laughs> love the film, but. I do think there's at least one scene, right, where they spend the Christmas together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so there is. Does does one scene in a movie count as a Christmas movie? I guess these days it does. Yes, you just kind of absolutely. I think yeah. you know what. Yeah, I think so. Sure, why yeah. not? Why not? <laughs> we, we decided on our commentary for Silent Night, Dead of the Night that the original 1972 Tales from the Crypt is a Christmas movie because of the All Through the House segment, which is yeah. excellent, by the way. Yeah, which technically Jaws the Revenge would be a Christmas movie because it takes place in, in Christmas in the beginning. Yes, it is, and you're, you're so is uh, right, Halloween and Halloween right. Kills because Judy wears a Christmas sweater. Get the fuck out of here. So now Christmas accoutrements are going to be counted as a Christmas movie now, which would be... So I'd love to see, like, there's a summer blockbuster where someone opens up the, the, the garage and maybe you see, like, a box that says Christmas, you know, ornaments. Christmas movie. That's a Christmas movie now. Okay. I hate to say it. That's just how it is. Like, Twitter has right. decided it. So maybe there, there's, like, a scene in Independence Day where, like, Will Smith and, like, his, you know, Vivica Fox are, like, outside... And like in the backyard, maybe you see, or the back in the, like the garage again, you see that pack of you know so ornaments. Like a tree in a box. You can't yeah, exactly. See the tree. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, in Chicago, we need little reason to light off fireworks. That's true. So if there's fireworks lit off on Independence Day, they're probably going to be lit off on Christmas and New Year's as well, thereby making Independence Day a Christmas movie. Mm, okay. Oh, well, wow. that's fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you have any more, Mac, uh, for, for post-2000? Uh, you know, I was going to say, like, I, I've really, this is really a black hole for me. I, I've really wanted to see Rare Exports. I've really wanted to see Krampus. Uh, so I'm glad that, that, you know, Shane's a fan of those. I, I've, I've heard they're good. I, there's no reason for it. it. Christmas horror films, it's just funny. Outside of Gremlins, it's the last thing I really want to watch. Really? I don't know why. Hmm. I have no clue why, but it's the last thing. But I guarantee, as soon as it starts rolling, I, I'm all in. Oh yeah. Like, I, I mean, it's just it just it just takes me forever to to be like that's the movie I'm choosing to put on. Um, yeah. But I, I also reached out on my Insta the other day for some oddball ones, and I've got some some interesting uh, recommendations. Nice. Uh, so I'm hoping those are those are interesting. I'm going to try to watch some of them this month. Check them out, uh, Wolf, Wolfman Mac on oh, Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> you got you to go. You got to check them out. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> Mike, what about you? What are some Yuletide movies, Chris, horror movies that you like? And then also, if you can find them in your heart to f- to fit in a post two thousand uh, Christmas horror movie, First go for off, it. Beverly D'Angelo in oh. all the vacation oh, movies, right. but particularly particularly in Christmas, Christmas vacation. vacation, Stone Cold Fox, and hundred percent like. I, I heard somebody at work with the other day was saying what a piece of shit Clark Griswold is. I actually think he's not the character. I think he's a good dad who just wants, you know, this unattainable thing. But he's yeah. also a picture perfect example of no matter how attractive a woman is, like 
you're always like as a man you're always that eye is always wandering mm-hmm. you know because beverly angelo my goodness well, now Ex- now now i don't know if i agree with that like i think that that's a very specific type of man uh i think <laughs> that we're going to cover that in black christmas oh i can't oh, i can't soon. wait <laughs> well the black goo the black goo got to uh Got the Clark Wiswald and made him, oh. you know, the ultra alpha. Oh, brought out his true alpha. True alpha. <laughs> oh, but God. That said, I, just a quick aside, we'll post it. But uh, Ashley, my bartending <laughs> partner at Rock Island Pogos, and I did a pretty good uh, costume. We did uh, Beverly D'Angelo and Clark Griswold from that movie. Uh, oh, nice. Post-2000s, you know, Rare Exports, every time I put it on at the bar, people mm-hmm. respond to that movie. Yeah. It's cool and it's uh-huh. weird. It's a little bit extra. It's a little bit much. I don't love it, but I can see why people do, so it's easy to recommend. Krampus, haven't seen since I saw it at the show. Pretty good, but for me, if I have a critique, it never reaches those that manic energy of Joe Dante's Gremlins. Maybe it's not trying yeah. to do that. No, I think it, it is. It doesn't. It, it is just, like a pretty yeah. good Puppet Master sequel, mm. and I'm a big yeah. fan of the Puppet Master movies. Uh, and as far as like, I, I'm just a big fan of the big three: uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Christmas Evil, and my all-time favorite, Black Christmas, which I just put on the other night. Came over from work so at three good. o'clock, so put terrifying. it on just to put it on in the background, and ended up staying up for the whole thing. And well, it's only what an hour, an hour and forty-five minutes. The, the two thousand, but it never feels like it. And I think it's because of the. It, it's such an anomaly <laughs> with the weird comedy. And it is the, the 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 women's issues that are there, which is why I uh, you know, we'll talk about it on our episode about how that's a staple of the Black Christmas. We can call it a series now with three movies and the kind of the, the slasher elements. It's 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 truly an anomaly that I appreciate. And I'm not sure, sure exactly why it works as well as it does, but it does. And it just captures that holiday aesthetic better than even some of the more classic Christmas movies, I think. There's a certain warmth yeah. to that movie with the lights and the setting. And it's the red. Man, look upon look upon look on the boys and the girls in that yeah. movie. Yeah, Caradolia looks the, awesome. The sweater to the turtlenecks to the, the fur coat. Everything in that movie just, just it hits for me. And of course, I love Gremlins. You can't beat Gremlins. It's so good. Yeah, we caught Gremlins at uh, the Riff last year, and it was like one of my favorite nights of in like recent times. It's just was so so much fun, and everyone has fun with that movie. Like it's it's just there's an energy it to it. It straddles that's... that line between cynicism and heartwarming, mm-hmm. like expertly. And yeah. I think that's one of Joe Dante's skills that he had in his heyday. Yeah, something yeah. Same that thing does. With, same thing with Zemeckis. I'd put those two kind of neck and neck when it comes. Yeah, because I because I, I don't think Spielberg can do it. I think that when he leaned into cynicism is when he kind of falls. Uh, he falters can't. A little he bit. can't do it, and that's yeah. fine. That's just not yeah. his thing. It's not it's his not, bag. It's not. And and if you haven't heard it, uh, Mike and I go deep on the commentary. For we Gremlins. do. We got uh, we had a special is... guest that came in there, and I almost peed my pants. <laughs> um. <laughs> we did have a special guest. Yeah, uh, the uh, ghost, a ghost, if you will. Yeah, a ghost of uh, Christmas past. A ghost of Christmas. Pass yeah, indeed. Yeah. I I think one of the reasons not to harp too much on like on um not harp but just not to discuss too much on Black Christmas. But I think one of the things that really does work about that original one, I've thought about it a lot, is its use of silence. Because so much of that mm. movie, you just have this when it's when it's not when nothing's happening and there's not that voice. It is just this silence that comes with 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 winter and especially. And I'm from South Florida, so when I came up here, I, I learned about this silence and. When there's a snow that hits and it's the holidays and people are away from the streets, 
there is a silence that you just have never heard before. And I feel like that movie captures it really well. And when you have that environment where you have a killer, you don't know where it is, you know, where he is, that silence takes on such a menacing tone, which is why I think Black Christmas is so fucking terrifying. I, I, I love that movie. But like Mike said, I do like being in that environment. I like being in that world. Like, it's a lot like what you talk about with Halloween, where you kind of want to hang out in Haddonfield. Like, I want to yeah. hang out, like, this before everybody starts getting killed. Like, I kind of yeah. want to hang out with all those girls, particularly Barb. Yeah. Bar- Barb is my type. I always say I don't have a type, but Barb is my type. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, love that movie. I can't wait to rewatch, rewatch it. I can't wait till we do it uh, for our episode this year. We're doing a 74 Black Christmas. Oh, right? yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, definitely uh... look forward to it. We'll see. You know, you know us as troublemakers, but uh, I don't know. For me, I you know I said Gremlins before, but post two thousand, I am really alone on this island. This is the same island that has me hating malignant and also loving paranormal activity next to Ken. I was one of maybe six people who absolutely adored the Lodge in twenty nineteen. I oh. I thought. It, I thought it was so good. I, I think it's visceral. It's fucking mean. It's it's desolate. It is everything I love in modern horror. Uh, and I think Riley Keough, who is, you know, look, Stone Cold Fox. When I talk about Stone Cold Fox, there's just Stone Cold Fox. Riley Keough is fucking unbelievable in it. She's her hell of a performance. She keeps delivering great performances after performances. This year, she's amazing in Zola. But rough movie for a lot of people. A lot, I, I, again, I'm the only person in this pod, I think, that liked it. But... That is a Christmas movie. It is a legit Christmas movie, and it's dreadful. So I thought The Lodge was a pretty good parody of elevated horror, if that's what they were trying to do. <laughs> I guess, yeah, it is. I mean, it certainly is. It's uh, it's miserable. Every chance it can get, it, it takes a more miserable turn. And I don't know. I, re- I appreciate it. Having said that, I haven't rewatched it since I first saw it. So you know, Mike. Why don't you take the next me? one? Yeah, we got we. Well, I, actually, let me let me read this next one because this is a combo one. Jaden Hartfield, uh, Jaden asks, does the change of seasons also reflect upon the films that you decide to watch? For me, a good example would be watching The Thing or Frozen 2010, not to be confused as Disney's, since they're movies that match the cold winters I face every year. And I felt we could pair this with Rob's, kind of like what we just did, did, did before. Uh, Rob asks, longtime listener, second time asker, like your Thanksgiving episode, what are some holiday horror movies that aren't specifically about or set during a winter holiday? For example, I love watching The Thing around December because it just feels right, and it's become a holiday movie in my head over time. Let me interject real quick about that question about Frozen 2010, and you mentioned Disney's mm. Frozen. Yeah. Uh, couldn't you have just called Frozen 2010, Just Let It Go? <laughs> You could, and then you really confuse the shit out, the hell out of everyone. But it would, and honestly, would you know that movie, right? Frozen. Yes, I, yeah, I'm well aware. Okay. Of it, yeah, that would be what you would say a uh, gallows humor uh, if you called it that. Uh, just let go. Jesus Christ, that movie's dark. I watched that on a random watch recently, and I had to take some Benadryl to go to bed after that one. Mike, what about you? You, you know, answer that. Take take away this one. You know, first. there. I, I I suppose I guess I can be a sucker for certain traditions and one of them is like we've uh, we could talk about it for hours is black christmas that is like that is probably the one movie that i make it a point to watch every holiday season uh, the other one being our new tradition down at rock island public house since we put in the drive-in screen last year we weren't able to drink inside as the shutdown was going on so as it snowed down on christmas eve a bunch of us stood around a fire and watched the star wars holiday special which Uh, depending on how you look at it from a certain point of view could be considered a horror movie (laughs) in itself 
Uh, although I enjoy it because I always like the weirder side of Star Wars. And uh, Christmas Vacation, back to Beverly D'Angelo, is one that we always watch at my parents' house on Christmas Eve after we open presents. And you refuse to watch these like during the year, right? Like You just like can't do it. No, no, no I could. I mean, I, I wouldn't choose to. I mean, I'm terrible about rewatching anything, though, because I'm on that mission to see everything, which will never be accomplished, where I think about rewatching something. And I think to myself, well, I should be watching something that I've never seen before and hopefully discovering something new that I can recommend to people or that will be a new favorite of mine. I wish I had that constitution, Mike. I, uh, I, th- I think I rewatch movies about 30 or 40 times. I think I've seen Leap of Faith, the, the William freaking <laughs> doc. I think I've seen <laughs> oh, I thought like, you were going to say the Steve Martin one. I no, really everyone thinks I, I say the Steve Martin. No, no, no. no. I, I should watch that. It would give me a change of pace a little bit. But uh, no, I've seen we that about 60 times. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh, how about that? He was on a run there for a while. <laughs> Mac, what about you? Uh, what movies, uh, what do you get into the seasonal spirit and what movies maybe do you, you know, just save for this time of I year? I think the, the thing about the thing is, you know, it's a snowy film. So when I think of that, I think of movies that put me in that mindset is like Misery. Mm, um, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, Ravenous and, yep. uh, and The Shining. Yeah. I think The Shining is a great Christmas oh, film. That's like, an I mean, excellent that, that, example. That weirdly, even though it came out in Ju- or May in 1980, <laughs> isn't that weird? It's like, why did well, you wait? Dutch came out in July. That's so strange to me. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think the, the, for me, it's uh, the movies that are really just driven by the snow. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even and, and it's funny because I I, I didn't see initially that it, they were asking about holiday horror films. I was just thinking of films that I watch around the holiday around the holidays that aren't necessarily have anything to do with the holiday. Mm-hmm. And that for me is like, you know, a lot of big franchise films like like the Lord of the Rings always came out in December, right? Yep. So like I always association. Watch, I end up watching those and stuff. Yeah, it's just a strange association, but makes sense though. There's some horrific things in that, but Well, it's also like they're long, so it's like, you know, you have time to kind of wind well, that, down. Yeah. That's my thing is I watch a lot of epic films over the winter mm-hmm. uh so around christmas and that's why in january i'm gonna watch a lot of like epic westerns i like that um, idea I, st- I told you i like that idea yeah. i'm gonna stop by and watch a couple of them but uh yeah man come on over i i really am i, I rewatch everything I'm, I'm a huge fan of second screening i love photo tv for that reason because i just like watching some of the movies again and again and uh i like having in the background because i work from home but i feel about three's company and love boat reruns on pluto oh dude I, I i mean i've seen pretty much happy days front to back because of that reason like i just as a kid i just you would leave it on and same thing with 90210 last year i think i watched that front to back too many times but anyway when it comes to like horror movies there are certain movies i do wait until the season changes and i and i really make sure i wait like like halloween's one of them black christmas is one of them obviously but the dead zone's another one um i watch that like i I try to watch that every winter i mean obviously the ice is a huge part of it with the iconic line (laughs) but like when you think of michael kamen's score and even just the color palette that cronenberg uses in that movie it just like begs for this stretch of the year and it just doesn't feel right when i it's just so good it's a perfect winter movie and in yeah, comedy okay. wise, I, I, Tommy Boy, I can't watch if unless unless it's like Thanksgiving. <laughs> like I have to watch it then. I can't. You guys and Tommy Boy. Oh, so I love that movie so much. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I, I I could Randall and I could quote that entire movie from front to back, which is saying something. 
I, uh, you know, I, movies don't do it for me necessarily on the Christmas season, I guess, as much as music does. And this is something we talked about in the Silent Night Deadline episode. Do you guys have a least favorite and most favorite Christmas song mm. that you can rattle right off right now? I know a favorite one immediately. It's Dar- right. it's, it's a Darling Love. Uh, um, Christmas Baby, Christmas, Please Come Home. Yeah. It's the best one because best. every cover is good. The mm-hmm. Ravenettes do an excellent cover of it that I yeah. highly recommend. Yeah. I love that song so much. Yeah, my... My least favorite, I'm trying to think here. Uh, ooh. My least favorite is Home for the Holidays. I just think it's a stupid song. I don't like There's Jingle Bells. I don't like. Can't put my finger on it. I hate Jingle Bells. I think it's just an annoying fucking I song. I love the Mariah Carey I song. I know it's cool to hate on that song, but that's one of the best you love that song. That is, no, just, that is a good, that's a fun one. I, I don't love uh, Paul McCartney simply having yeah. a oh, I, I wonderful Christmas time. Uh, that's an easy that, one to hate. Pretty abysmal. <laughs> I mean, I love I love McCartney. I love pop, Rocket Man. Favorite uh, Beatle, them. but yeah. If, yeah, from time to time, absolutely. And my my one of my favorite Christmas tunes that's really grown on me over the last couple of years is uh, the the waitress's uh, Christmas oh, Rabbit. Love that song. This God is damn such it. a fun, fun, fun song. Yeah. Isn't that that was in a Cobra Kai last season? I think it, it is. Merry it, Christmas. It introduces Merry Christmas. a very, very, very uh, wonderful character. Back yes. To the, world of uh, karate kid <laughs> well get ready for another wonderful character to come drop, drop into the world oh, of karate man. kid when terry silver from the karate kid 3 yes. comes back you remember him as uh, the snake in the grass well he's going to bring some more venom to all valley uh, hi uh can't anyway wait. cannot wait <laughs> free plug for cobra kai there oh god Kalmbar told us asks Ever since season two, you have used a track by the most for a theme song. They all feel appropriate for that season's franchise. Believe in the Dream obviously fits Nightmare on Elm Street. Hold On has a last day of summer camp vibe that fits early in the Friday the 13th entries. Fire and Forget declares I Don't Want to See Your Face, which fits in with Avoiding Ghostface. If you could go back and pick a most song for the first season, what would it be and why? Thanks, and keep up the good work. Hey, we will, Colin. We will. I love this question because it's something I've, I've, I've thought a lot about, especially when it comes to um, uh, you know, licensing and how we should not be using some of the songs. <laughs> I, I think Give Up would work really well for the Halloween franchise. I, I think the guitar riff in the beginning not only sounds like the Halloween theme a little bit, but slices of the lyrics work too, especially when you consider Lori's arc. At one point, uh, Charlie says, like, one life touches another one. It's kind of like a family tree. There's the breathe in, breathe out, which is like Myers and the shape. And the whole kind of give in, give up aspect could tie into, uh, you know, Lori's quest and quest, Lori's arc or plight, <laughs> depending on, you know, the original arc that you go for. Cause you know, universal Blumhouse has destroyed multiple arcs and that, that franchise kind of like the star Wars legend. So anyway, we cover it all. So maybe we'll go back and throw that in there for rights issues, but I like that question. So uh, thanks. Thanks Colin. But, uh, Mike, do you have Matthew DeLuna's question? I, I must have missed an email here. I don't see any of these in here. Oh, I've uh, I've got it. I think okay. I think uh, yeah, I've I've got it here. Okay. Uh, I I would love the Halloweenies take on the age old question. <laughs> is there we go, Vanderbilt. Fact a Christmas movie. My take is the only way Hans Gruber can attempt to hijack the building successfully is when not that many people are in there. What better night than a Christmas party on Christmas Eve? Since Christmas plays such a strong role in the timing of the heist, it has to be considered a Christmas film, right? Yeah. Vanderbilt? 
I mean, you really want? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> watch, watch whatever the fuck you want on Christmas. I this came up at the bar. This came up on Silent Night, Dead and Light commentary. If that's what you want to watch on Christmas, uh, do it. You know, do you? Do you? I love it. You know. That said, we do show. We did show it at the drive, and it. I watched it last year last with Flieger, <laughs> and we are showing it again because it was packed. It was slammed. It was so packed. Busiest night of the fucking year because, yeah. it, you know what. <laughs> It's one of these things that it, it becomes a meme opinion. Like, the first person who said it was kind of funny and kind of clever, and then every idiot... Pardon <laughs> me. Every idiot decided, no, like... No, when no, they, no, no. What, no, when they want to be provocative, when they want to be wild, like it's like... They read it somewhere online, and now it's their opinion, and they're gonna they're gonna reiterate. It's like when oh, actually, Daniel's the bad guy of Karate Kid to go back to Cobra Kai, mm-hmm. or I don't like the word moist, or I'm afraid of clowns. Uh, you know, none of this is true. You you read this on the internet, and it's low hanging fruit. But if you want to watch fucking Die Hard, come down to the Rock Island Public House. We're showing it out <laughs> in the driving. We'll have three screenings of it that night. And uh, we'll wow, you're tripling down through. this time now. Like you're absolutely giving the people what they want. This is we're gonna amazing. have a we're gonna have a great fucking time. If hey, look, if I want to watch, if if and if I want to tell people my favorite Christmas movie is Black Christmas, then goddamn it, it is your right as a human, as an American, whatever you are, to say that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. God bless you. I think a Merry better Christmas. question now on the action spectrum is you throw out the, is lethal weapon a Christmas movie? Because not yes, only absolutely. And it totally is. And anything but, Shane black is a Christmas movie. Yes. Yeah. So, well, anyway, let's move on. Emily winner. This is more of a comment. Emily winner said, uh, this is holiday related because I'm listening to Christmas music while typing it comment, not question, but it is wild to me that you guys are pronouncing scream for as <laughs> scray for M and not Scree 4M, I think this may actually be my villain origin story. <laughs> okay, well, Emily, I, 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 I look forward to you coming in and attacking us. Uh, <laughs> I would actually call it Scree Form. Scree Form. You know, 4M, there it is. Form. Yeah, Scree oh. Form. You know, because 4M, Form, Form. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. A- ask the last question, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> <laughs> It is a comment. Yeah, it's a comment. Right. So a- Ariana Hubbard, yes? Yes, not to be related to Ariana Huffington or Ariana Grande. Oh, I know. see. Uh, Ariana says, uh, does Christmas edge out Halloween as the best quality horror viewing season? In addition to explicitly Christmas-themed horror movies, i.e. Black Christmas, all the Santa slashers, gremlins, there are also films such as oh, The Shining and oh. The Thing, which can feel more appropriate at Christmas time simply due to their setting. Overall, does Christmas win out? Now, I don't want to rain on the Christmas parade, but I... No, absolutely not. Because <laughs> you just said that you don't even like watching horror movies on Christmas, so... You know. I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's not my go-to at all. I do... I mean, I do like watching these films when it's wintry, but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to well, be around the holiday. Yes, that's it. In Chicago, that can go into like March or May. It's true. Uh, that's but that's I what I'm saying. I could watch any of those movies. I could watch all these movies that I'm watching now during the holidays in January. February. I want to respond <laughs> to that comment with a question. Are there more horror movies that take place around Christmas than there are horror movies that take place around Halloween? Oh, I'm not asking easily. anybody to answer that, but there are not a lot of horror movies that actually take place on or around Halloween. Well, it's because Michael Myers took that up. <laughs> it's like I mean, I guess I mean I, I, you're, you're referring to the Halloween films as a series. There's 
Yeah. What, six of them that are actually set on Halloween? Yeah, or that's... In or around? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess all of them do. What, Night of the Demons, Trick yeah. or Treat. I'm trying to think of any ones. Um... Uh, oh, E.T. On, on take place no, on Halloween. Oh, I mean, a lot of those anthology movies take place around on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Like, like uh, the tale, Tales from Halloween. Tales from Halloween. One mm-hmm. I really like. I recommend that one highly. Uh, yeah, I mean that's a good question. Uh, the Lady in White. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. classic, great movie. Mm-hmm. Sleepy Hollow. Technically, uh, the, uh, the p- Great Pumpkin. Uh, Charlie Brown's <laughs> in the. It's true. Great pumpkin uh, patch patcherini. Are there uh, any Scooby? Like are there any the Scooby? Are there any Scooby Doo movies that Tons. take place on Halloween or Christmas? Tons. Oh, God. Tons. Half the canon takes place on Halloween. Uh, <laughs> I, I do think this is a good point by Ariana, though, because when you you could kind of toss in like sexual thrillers, like Eyes Wide Shut. I mean, I'm thinking of, like true. Batman Returns has horror elements to it. That's on Christmas. Edward Scissorhands. It has definitely. Dramatic you horror. can call those genre films. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I never really thought about it that way, but. It's gonna definitely make me feel better when Halloween's over and be like, well, you know, second month, it's like it's like a second breakfast, second breakfast, exactly, like a, our oh. Lord of the Rings, which you know we we watch around this time. That's a Christmas movie, right? Because now, do you guys inter- do you guys think consider movies that are released on a certain day a like you know mm. like the Hateful Eight that was released yeah. on Christmas? Is I think of Christmas, Christmas during movie? that. It's a it's a snowy flick. I, you know, hey, I'll watch The Great Silence. Okay, <laughs> like if it's snow. <laughs> I associate it with uh, the holiday season, but you know, again, I could also watch those movies in in May here in Chicago. So. It's true. I watched. Still, they I still have a little bit of snow on the ground. Yeah, no joke. That real nasty, real dark Chicago snow. It was weird watching the Hateful Eight in like July when Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, and I was and you know I was binging all of his movies ahead of time because I I do associate it so strongly with Christmas. Like I remember seeing it at the road show at the Music Box on Christmas Day, and. Yeah, it, it, it's a total Christmas movie. But well, that's it for me. I mean, Mike, did you have uh, any uh, shout outs that you wanted to give? Or oh yeah, here I've got a list, and I know I'm going to miss some people. So if I don't mention your name here, just hit me up, call me an asshole. I deserve it. But I wanted to give a little. Okay, I guess this would be a nice list. Let's say it's a list uh. of the people who were nice to the Halloweenies, our our loyal listeners, and we got uh, Jocelyn Rodarte. Uh, Nicholas Serafin, who's not on social media, so as we discussed, he's probably happier than most of us, but he comes into Rock Island Public House semi-regularly. Nick Maneman, who I saw at Riot Fest. Hmm. Chris Costenda, who can, he maintains that I talked through, all the way through a Guided by Voices show in 2003 at the Abbey Pub. I, I believe it. He, not, <laughs> no, not true. I was, oh, I would, if, I, if I was doing anything, I was fucking drunk and singing. Yeah. I knew, and I knew more words than he did. But, God damn it, good listener. Ricky De Laurentiis does a lot yes. of nice work for us. Uh, Jesse for the win on Instagram. Uh, Big Rob on Twitter. Valencia Burns. Goblin King Josh. Allison Gressman. Paul Downey and Jason Jenkins of the Hammer Hammer Pub podcast that I mm. appear on uh, regularly. Joe, <laughs> Joey Abdelmore, who's always starting some shit, but we love you, Joey. Yeah. Uh, Rotten Pop. I don't think that's his Christian name. Uh, Mia Chainsaw, one of my favorite. Uh, check, out her only, check out her OnlyFans. You won't be disappointed, horror fans. Amanda <laughs> Lilly, uh, Mr. Nudes, another one who dropped by Riot Fest, a New Yorker who loves our, absolutely loves our show. And uh, if you're looking for tips on the stock market, come talk to him. The Horror Restorer, Jerry Dunera, Nudera, Michael Moran, and of course, my main man, uh, former. Q101 DJ, James Van Osdell, who I appear on his show semi-regularly. 
That was nice. So thank I you like- guys. Thank you for listening and thank you for supporting. We really couldn't do it without you, and I genuinely mean that. I know it sounds like some bullshit, but it's true. No, we love our listeners. This is uh, this is a labor of love for on our end, and uh, you know we're gonna be doing this as long as we can. I, you know, as long as you know we keep having franchises and horror movies, which guess what, we will. So uh, you know, take that to heart. Mike, that was really good. I like that. That was awesome. We should make. Did that I miss a- anybody that you guys can think of? Like off the top of your uh, head, you got all the, the the big players that I could think of, um, you know, right now. But uh, the real heads, as we yeah. like to say, yeah, especially Jocelyn. I, I will say, I, I do a lot of the social media, and you are right there all the time, every time. And she's I, the best. I, 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 she's. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, look, I'm smashed. I'm just smashed, and I hope you all had as much fun as we did at this year's Christmas party. And I implore you take a lift home for christ's sake but before you call one up let's catch you up with where we're going next mac what is left in season four for us what do we got coming up this month well uh we're going to be recording our our episode on black christmas not that black christmas but the other Other. black christmas that's right we're doing the 2019 black christmas very excited to be leading that one. Uh, we just recorded our commentary on Silent Night, Deadly Night. And uh, you can hear that soon, right? That's dropping soon. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's out. And, yeah, it's, uh, all, it's, oh, it's out, out there, baby. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's out there. You've probably already heard it. Ho, ho, ho. And then the final film that we'll be covering uh, this month is The Faculty. Cannot wait which for this episode. I cannot wait to, to uh, rewatch that. I haven't watched it since I was a kid. And I God, it's so much fun. Big, big, big thing fan. So um, I know I'm going to love it again second time around. Can't wait to be on that one. Uh, but I think that's about it for this year, wrapping up 2021 with In Style. So great In Style. Or maybe In Styles. Uh, we could be like uh, from Team Wolf. Um, oh. <laughs> Vanderbilt, what do you got else uh, coming up with the Rift besides three screenings of Die Hard? Uh, and also tell us <laughs> what's going down at uh, Windy City Double Feature. Uh, we're showing all your favorite Christmas classics. I'll be behind the stick on Christmas Eve. So come down and see me. We're going to watch the, the, uh, not, the Star Wars Holiday Special out in the Bye. drive-in. It's going to be a good time. Uh, Windy City Double Feature Pictures Show. We are hosting a screening at the Music Box Theater, our favorite theater here in Chicago. On December 20th, that Monday, we're showing Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, which <laughs> uh, is a lot of fun with or without the Mystery Science Theater gang. And we'll also be dropping an episode on that before the end of the year. And that, uh, we're wrapping up the, that our first season. First season of Windy City. And uh, you can please vote for us and the Music Box of Horrors on the readers. Best of the year. Just write us in. Uh, the link is the link is available. It's out there. Check out the Chicago Reader and vote for, like I said, Windy City Double Feature Picture Show for Best Podcast. And vote for the Music Box of Horrors for Best Drive-In Programming. We would appreciate it. And uh, again, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all that stuff. I do appreciate you listening. This uh, It's been a good year. It's been fun. It's been a very yeah. good year, and we're going to have another great year coming up in 2022. We already know what we're going to be doing for next season. Uh, so Pretty groovy, from what I understand. Yeah, yeah, a little groovy, you know? Uh, but uh, yeah. stay tuned to our socials uh, for little hints and, you know, just like that. And, you know, look, you'll, you'll figure it out yourself. You're pretty fucking smart. But right now, though, <laughs> we've got a lot of cleaning up to do. And I got some more presents to wrap it at home. So let's head home for the holidays soon. But rest assured, we'll be, be right, right, right back. back.
this is the end of our show. For now. Tune in next week. If you like our programming, consider searching for other bloody disgusting podcasts, such as Creepy, Horror Queers, The Boo Crew, SCP Archives, Nightlight, Margaret's Garden, Nightmare on Film Street, and more.